Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The owner of the Dallas Mavericks, perhaps the future president of the United States. I know, Mark Cuban, you've talked about that. Crazy times, you, Bob Kraft, Jerry Jones, White House Advisory Council. Who knew that this was part of your future, Mark Cuban? Definitely not me. I mean, I remember back in the days when my mom was trying to get me to learn how to lay carpet because she was worried that I needed a trade. So who knows? Anything is possible. Yeah, the kid who, what, sold trash bags and got himself a pair of sneakers to the White House yeah. Advisory Council. You just, you just never know. Anything is possible. So I think people want to know, does, does Donald know what he's doing here? Do you feel confident? You know, it was only an introductory call, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, right? There were a lot of smart people on the call. He was smart enough to put together that group. So we'll see what happens, you know. Um, I, I give him credit. That this is a difficult time, and he's doing his best. There are no right answers, right? So, you know, there's a bunch of people. We'll do our best to help them and try to get America back on track. Yeah. What What do you think restarting the NBA looks like? I know no one has any idea yeah. on a timeline, but if you had to make your best guess, do you think we'll see NBA basketball this summer? Yeah, I think we will. Um, actually, they're all waiting on me because I told them I had to do this interview. So the whole NBA Board of Governors is waiting for me to come on the call. Um, almost. But, yeah, I think we'll play again. I just don't know any details. Wait, is, is that a true story? The NBA Board of Governors is legit waiting on you right now? I'm going to feel some pressure here, Mark Cuban. They are. They just don't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I had one idea, and I don't think you would like this, but what happens if we just played the finals, Eastern Conference champ, Milwaukee, Western Conference champ, the Lakers? Would that at all work for you? Sure. <laughs> no, we all want a chance to play. But you know what? Safety first. That's the most important thing. We'll work backwards from there. So as long as we can keep the guys healthy and anybody involved healthy and safe, then, you know, I'm a good partner. I'll do what's best for the NBA and our fans. Do you think your guys are wanting to play? Are you hearing from them? Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody wants to play. They're going stir crazy, man. It's just, yeah, it's. It, it's they're chomping at the bit they're you know you might find some of them at outdoor courts on a nice day down here in dallas you'll see some of our guys just shooting by themselves on outdoor courts so they're, they're ready to play 
And for the record, I, I saw your jump shot on TikTok. I, that, that, that looks nice, Mark Cuban, not bad. You know, I can't, I have no lift anymore, but I get that elbow lined up. To show you how much time we've had, you know, my son and I, like, now I'm working on my left-handed jumper. So it's just like, okay, let me see if I can shoot lefty. So I spent a whole two hours just shooting lefty. So, you know, you got to find some, some happiness in all of this. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm amazed and impressed, all of it, your TikTok game. We've got you dancing. We've got you shooting. Do you have a favorite social media platform right now? I like TikTok, actually, because it gives me some fun things to do with my kids. I mean, my daughter, Alexis, who's 16, is on TikTok, and she's kind of like the driving force. Um, and it gives us a chance to spend time together, because for a 16-year-old daughter, unless she can use me to get more views and likes on her TikTok, she has no use for me. And same <laughs> with my 13. And my, my 10-year-old's a little better, but my 13-year-old's kind of the same way. Dad's got some power. She's, she's got to respect that. Yeah. What would it take down the line, Mark Cuban, for you to actually really consider running for president? Because a, a lot of people would be very excited about that. I'm wondering if you'd have to sell the Dallas Mavericks. Like, to me, like, I don't even know if that'd be worth it for you. Have you thought this through to that level? Yeah, I mean, really, I would have done it, but my family voted it down. They're the most important thing to me, right? And they don't want to go through all the grief and the hassles and all that. Um, you know, maybe it all changes and politics gets a, a little nicer a little saner with all this, hopefully a little less partisan. Um, but yeah, I gave it a serious consideration, but we, we had a family dinner table vote. They voted it down. You know, now I told them again, we might have to take another vote depending on how crazy all this gets. Um, but you never know. I mean, it's not the thing that I'm dying to do, but I just don't think the parties have created the two, put us in a position to vote for the two best candidates. Are you worried about the level of deficit the country's taken on? I worry about everything right now because it's all uncertainty. You know, this is an incredible economic experiment. Economists are gonna be right about this for, for centuries. Um, we'll find out if it works. You know, on one hand, I haven't been a big fan of deficits. It's just, you know, more debt for our kids. On the other hand, we've never tried anything like this before. And so we're gonna see what happens, you know, but I'm a learner, right? I wanna, I wanna do what's right and I wanna learn from experience. And so, you know, we'll just have to, cause I, you know, if you look at the alternative, if we had not done anything, we were guaranteed to have a depression or worse, right? And so it's something we had to do. But then you always get worried, like, what does it look like down the line? We're going to take care of us today, but then how do we take yeah, care that's of- That's like anything else, right? That's like anything else, right? You know, you, sometimes you just got to take your medicine and hope it works. And I think that's the circumstances here. I mean, we just couldn't, we could not do nothing, yeah. right? We had to do something. I mean, and, and it's already terrible. I mean, the PPP program has had more than its share of challenges that we should have seen coming. And now we have a chance to do it again with the second tranche. And, you know, I've been banging on them. Here are the things I think we need to do, whether or not they'll listen, I don't know. But we're going to get a second tranche of money for small businesses. You know, we've got to try to find ways to get people to come back to work. We've got to try to figure out what the new normal is going to be in America 2.0. And we've got to do it fast because every day that it goes by, more businesses go out of business, more, guys, more people lose their jobs. And that's obviously not the way we want it to be. If there was one thing that you would do right now, what would it be? Is it getting the money in the hands or is there something else? No, I mean, I think now with the PPP coming, the, the – um, the checks, the $1,200 checks have been distributed for the most part, right? So people are starting to get those. So now it's a question, how do we get businesses working so they have confidence that they can stay open? Because there's this misalignment, right? There's eight weeks for the PPP, for the people, the payroll um, paycheck protection program, for the, for the companies who got it, but, but that's probably not going to pay for long enough wages to get them to the point where their businesses are even open, right? So 
that's one issue we have to address. So we got to put a delay in there so that they can start using that money or hold on to that money and not use it till they get it back open and maybe get them more money as a follow-up. And then part two to that, I think we just get the businesses who have not gotten PPP money. We have to get away from the whole application thing and just do an overdraft protection. Just say to the banks, if you have an account that's eligible for the PPP, forget all the loan application stuff, just cover their overdrafts for their core business expenses. The Federal Reserve will make you whole at the end of every day so you don't have any long-term risk of not being reimbursed for that. And that allows those companies to say, you know what, I know I'm gonna be in business. I know I'm gonna be in business today six weeks, eight weeks, three months, four months, whenever we go back to work. And so I can continue paying my employees. And for the government, that's cheaper than pay, paying them unemployment. And that reduces the friction. So I think that's the fastest, quickest, best way for us to you know, try to deal with where we are right now moving forward. Yeah, when it makes financial sense on both sides, that's when you get excited that it's a real possibility. Have you thought of any businesses that might flourish right now in your creative mind, Mark Cuban? Because I'm thinking like, maybe I should go out and drive for Grubhub right now. Those guys are making like 200 bucks an hour and I'm not, I, I would love 200 bucks an hour right now. Grubhubbers are making 200 bucks an hour? Nobody wants to go out and get their food. So these guys are, you know, they're, hey. They're I know I'm busy. like a madman, right? So if they drop, they love when they see my house. But in terms of businesses, um, so some of the things, one, people are going to want confidence when they go places. So we're talking about writing an AR app that augmented reality app so that you can point it at a park bench and know when it was last clean. So you have to work with those businesses, right? So that's one thing. Two, um, ambient voice. So like if you've ever used Alexa Home or Alexa or Google Home or anything, you know, people aren't gonna wanna touch things. And so just being able to voice control more things in the business world. So, you know, open up door or, you know, third floor or just different, you know, trigger words, you know, go maps and that, you know, and then all of a sudden you give it a command. So there's things like that. Um, testing, you know, businesses are gonna need testing every which way, so being able to do that. There's just so many things. I'll tell you this, you know, in five years, 10 years, we're gonna look back and there's gonna be some amazing businesses that were created during the pandemic of 2020 that just changed the world. And so if you're an entrepreneur, you know, now's the time to go after it. No doubt, I feel creative people, the minds are moving around just like you. Appreciate this, uh, Mark, by the way. I love the information, hopefully maybe some people can jump on and, 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 and help themselves and help whatever everyone's going through right that's now. That's what this country does. That, that's who we are. So you mentioned the Mavs. I got one, one Mavs question for you. Do you think Luca could ever pass Dirk as the greatest Mav of all time? Could he? Yeah, because I think the game has changed enough. It's more wide open today than it was when Dirk first got to the league. So he's got that advantage. But, you know, he could win MVPs. You know, he can win a championship. I hope so. And I know Dirk, you know, Dirk would hope so too. And, and, you know, they're good friends too. So I think they support each other either way. Those guys would have played pretty well together, wouldn't they? Oh my God. I mean, we only saw, I got to see little glimpses when Dirk was at the end, which could you imagine if they were both in their prime? Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's, M, that's MJ and Scotty again. Did you know what you were getting with Luca when, when you guys made the deal? We knew he was good. That's why we made the deal, obviously. You, you don't give up a lottery pick in a future draft unless you're really confident he's going to be good. But we didn't know he'd be this good this fast. We thought that there would be a little bit more of a curve for him to get up to speed and to become all-star caliber. But, you know, the, the, the kid's a worker. And so, you know, the, the thing about it is you, you, it's easy to spot talent. It's hard to know if a guy is going to be a hard worker. You know, it, how much is he going to try to improve over the summer? And that was the question with Luca. And I remember talking to him right after last season saying, okay, what are you going to add to your game? He goes, my left hand. 
he comes back. He goes from not being a great finisher <clears throat> to be one of the top three finishers in the NBA, particularly with his left. That's what makes – that's a sign of greatness, and that's why we're so excited. I talked to one NBA exec who I'll, I'll leave the name out of here, but he said, you know, Luca, as far as in the fourth quarter, last five minutes, he hasn't seen that he really hunts his shot at that point. Do you think that's a, a fair criticism that he's not willing to really step into it? This ball is my ball right now, and I'm going to put us over the top? No, I think, no, he wants that shot. I mean, that's who he is, right? The question really becomes, what's his percentages when he does it, right? Sometimes he does, you know, and I always use the example of, of Michael to Steve Kerr, right? You know, getting that ball to him on time, on target with a guy who can hit a shot. And, you know, that's the balance he's trying to figure out right now. When does he get into the open man, and, you know, and trust your teammate? And when do you take over? And that's part of the process. I mean, he just turned 21, you know, so it's, it's something that's going to come with time. I love that you brought up Michael, but let's just start with the last dance. What are you, what are you looking most forward to seeing or hoping to learn, if anything? I, I just can't wait to see it. I mean, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to watch it. I'm a huge Michael fan, obviously. He's a friend of mine now. Um, he gave me one of my best lines when he bought the, the, the Charlotte team, and they're like, what do you want to be as an owner? He goes, I want to be like Mark Cuban. And so he's my best friend forever. So I hope they include that line. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just such a huge fan that um, I can't wait to see it. So I have a vision for you, Mark, that you will own a team that Jordan used to play for, at least in the minor leagues. You tried to buy the Cubs back in the day. The White Sox, I think, down the line will eventually be for sale. I'm done with baseball. I'm done with baseball. Really? No way. Yeah. Yeah, I just – you know, when I looked at buying the teams, um, I looked at the Pirates, then I looked at the Cubs and the Dodgers and the Rangers, and then Major League Baseball just did not want me in no matter what. Um, but that's when my kids were either not born yet or super young. Now they're fun. You know, they're 10, 13, and 16, and, you know, I'm really enjoying the time. Now, they may not enjoy the time with me, but I'm enjoying my time with them. And just 82 games plus 162 games plus overlap, and I get so intense and, you know, excited about it. I, I just, you know, I, I don't know that I could hold, hold on to it. I don't know I could, if I could pull it off. It'd be easier for me to run ten years out. My family. It'd be easier with my family to run for president than it would be to buy a baseball team. It never got close then with Major League Baseball. You made your best offer, and they're like, "No." They basically told me, "Don't even think about it." Like with the Rangers when they were in a bankruptcy auction. I mean, I heard from multiple owners. They're doing everything possible to keep you out. They kind of rigged the the um, the auction. Um, now it worked out for Jim Crane. Obviously, well, kind of worked out for Jim Crane when he got the Astros after the fact. After we were working together. But, um, yeah, it, they, they did everything possible. You know, Bud Selig was – Bud Selig held baseball back for decades, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, I, I don't know why baseball wouldn't want somebody like yourself in there to bring the attention. They didn't want another – they told me specifically they didn't want another George Steinbrenner or Jerry Jones. Okay. All right, as if Steinbrenner was bad for baseball. Let me go back to hoops real quick. Jalen Green, number one high school recruit in the country, is going to go right to the G League. What do you think of that? I don't know all the details of his deal, but I've always loved the idea, you know, particularly now because going to, you know, if, you're, if you want to be a student, that's great. Go be a student. And even I've read he talked about wanting to get his degree anyways. But if you want to be a basketball professional, the rules of the NCAA are so back-ass half-words that I think you're better off giving yourself a shot to be a professional NBA player, basketball player by going to the G League first. And now because of social media, kids have such big social media following, 
you know, you could go to the G League and do a huge shoe deal, you know, do a huge sponsorship deal, something you couldn't do in college and make a boatload of money. See, I look at it like you get the exposure if you play at Duke, but then the guy like LaMelo Ball, who gets a lot of exposure because of that last name, but he's going to be in the top five, and he didn't have any exposure of people watching him. He's going to get oh, his well, NBA money. Well, plus, he's got social media, too. He's making money, you know, where his dad, you know, is making money as well from all the things he's doing via social media, I would suppose. And so, you know, I think the real question we ask is, with this pandemic and everything going through such dramatic change for college sports, is it time for colleges to look at walking away from the NCAA? Has the NCAA's day come and gone? And maybe, you know, look, if this is going to be a business, let's treat it as a business and get the power of five to get together, go out and get some, you know, some investors like me or whoever, put together a great package and put together a real committee so that, you know, people who want to be professional athletes, no matter what the sport, can do like they do in baseball or do like they do in tennis to do like they do in golf, where it doesn't matter what age you are, you can become a professional. So you'd be interested in doing something if they wanted to reframe how they go about college hoops slash college athletics period. Yeah, of course. I think it'd be so much better. Just the dumb rules that they have right now. And just the fact that, you know, you have a, particularly in basketball, it's just been so scandalized. It's been spoiled, you know, with all the underhanded tactics that take place in recruiting and money. I, I just think there's so many better ways it can be done. And now's the time you know, out of this horrific environment, this pandemic, maybe something good for college athletics, particularly since who knows when they'll be able to play again. Yeah. So, Mark, let's let's all do – I'm crossing my fingers here. I would assume that our president wants to do a great job here because he wants to get reelected. When you're dreaming it big here, your biggest hope as to how this can turn out, what are you seeing in the next couple of months here? That we get back to – well, I guess let me take a step back – that we come up with a vaccine, we come up with therapies, we come up with prophylactics, you know, drugs that can keep you from getting this virus and comparable viruses. So everybody's confident when they walk out of the house, you know, because initially everybody's gonna be terrified, particularly if you're older or if, you know, like I have AFib, you know, that's not anything real bad for, you know, the 5 million people, most of the 5 million people who have it, but that's an underlying condition that if all of a sudden I catch it, you know, I'm SOL or could be, right? And so. You know, we just, we've got to get those therapies so that we're a lot more confident when we walk out of the house. Then we can start talking about getting back to normal. That's the thing, right? You can open it up all you want. People got to feel confident they go outside. Yeah. Now, some will, but we need the majority going. And right now, for me, I'm not running outdoors if you, and going to restaurants and going to sporting events if you open everything up. I think, and I don't think I'm no, alone on that one. No, no, of course, right? I mean, it's a little bit like 9-11 when it came to flying and it took us getting TSA and it took some time for us to feel safe. And it's going to be the same thing here. We're going to have to see, you know, drugs come out that make us feel confident that, you know, either we're, we won't get it ever or that if we get it, it'll be minimal and we can easily get through it. Because there's so many people, I mean, what are you going to say? Everybody who's older, who's overweight, that's got type 2 diabetes, that's ever been through chemo, that's ever had cancer, you know, there's just a long list of things that can go wrong if you catch this disease because there really are no therapies that have been tried and true. So, I, I mean, we have to get by those things. And like for me, I'm not going to let my employees go back to work. It's like if you want to keep your job, you stay home. If you want to lose your job, then you go. All right, let's wrap up with this. And Mark, you've been so generous with your time. We appreciate it. I'd love to get one Kobe story on the way out. I, you know, I see clips of him and I, I just miss him. Right. He was he was such yeah. a gift to all of us. 
What, what do you miss most? And does any story stand out, Kobe? Well, a couple of things. One, I think a lot of the fact, the adherence to the quarantines, I think a lot of it can trace back to Kobe. You know, from his tragic death, we, you know, everybody I knew, we were saying I love you and hugging each other where we never hugged before. And we, it made you appreciate just how, how important life is and how fleeting life is. And so that brought us together. And I think now that helps people realize that we need to stay indoors in order to stay healthy. Hey, Mark, you're awesome. Appreciate Love it, man. And let me put my plug in. Friday nights on ABC, Shark Tank is still on. So keep on watching every Friday night. I love what's is I was gonna ask you what's the biggest regret you have Shark Tank wise on something you either a invested in or didn't buy. The only regret I have is that I've had to deal with Kevin O'Leary for ten years, eleven years. That's the only regret I have. All the rest is gravy. Mark, appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. Stay safe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.